I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, we stirred it up. We got some more mailbag questions about the Buccaneers. Folks are kind of upset out there, apparently, about losing six out of seven or whatever it is at this point. So we'll get to those and... uh, much more. Um, of course, first, uh, we want to talk a little bit about, uh, I wanted to mention, just reference a column that John Romano wrote in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. And I'm sure a lot of this will be discussed in the questions here in just a minute. But I'll, I'll summarize it this way by saying, yeah, what did you people expect? <laughs> it's basically uh, going back to how this all began with the three years of Tom Brady and with the Bills coming due. And yet there seems to be sort of this narrative out there that this team was not only supposed to win the NFC South, but apparently get the number one seed in the NFC and go to the Super Bowl. I don't know that anybody you know, remembers that there was going to be a price to be paid. And Todd Bowles, not excusing what he's done or not done, but he's the one paying it right now. So it's a really good column by John Romano in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. Want to make sure you check that out and just kind of, you know, kind of a reminder of how we got here and sort of what the expectations should have been versus what they are and and why everybody is so upset. Well, you and I were Not, talking before the podcast, mm-hmm. and this is the typical NFL cycle. Yeah, where the Bucks ended last season. When eight and nine, host a playoff game, get blown out. Tom Brady retires, and you start filling in the pieces, and and you realize that they're going to shed a lot of salary cap, or basically make do on what they've pushed sure. on the line in the past. And you get Baker Mayfield as your quarterback. You don't get Jimmy Garoppolo. You don't get Derek Carr, the big price guys. You get the four million dollar guy, right? Who's on his fourth right. team in you know twenty months or whatever it was. A yeah, retread, right? Yeah. And, you know, so you start looking at the roster and you're going, uh, I don't think this is very good. And, you know, we know there's $35 million in dead cap money or, you know, and that. And but Sports then, Illustrated mm-hmm. tells you you're 31st out of 32 in the power rankings yes. on top of it. Yes. But then you start going through the offseason and you get to the draft and then you get past, you get to the mini camps and you start going, oh, this, this guy looks kind of good. This guy, all right, now, now we went from four, five, six wins to now we're seven, eight, eight wins. Now we're, now we're nine. And as you get to the season, it becomes this team's <laughs> almost Super Bowl bound. And, and it happens with every team. It's not just here. It, it happens no, with every yeah, you're team. Right. And the NFL right. thrives on that. They need yeah, yeah. that. They need every team to believe, or at least every fan base to believe. They have a chance. That they have a shot going into every year. That they're, that they're, they're, they're going to be the number one seed. They're going all the way. And, and no matter what your roster looked like in January and then in, in March with free agency and April or May in the draft, and but you start building that – you have that eight months off between games, essentially, or seven, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you just start building that confidence up. And then it goes from what was realistically four, five, six wins. Now you're thinking nine, ten, eleven, we're going to win the division. And and, it, and that's just kind of the way it goes. And, and, and there's a lot of things to factor into it. I mean, how well your rookies do – 
uh, injuries. I mean, there's lots of things that go into it. And, and some sometimes it happens, and, and you're better than you probably should be, and other times you're worse than you should be. But it, it's amazing every year it happens that teams that probably don't have a shot, by the time you get to the regular season or the season, the fan base is believing that they're going to win it all. And as we always talk, legitimately there's three or four teams a year in each conference that have a shot to win it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there's more that have a shot to make the playoffs and, and are building and, and growing. and you know. But realistically, three to four, maybe five teams in each conference have a shot to win it all every year. That's all. That's it. Yeah, barring injuries. And, and people need to be reminded of it. And I get it. You're a fan. They start three and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't see people you know, nominating Bulls for coach of the year. But, boy, when they started losing, uh, you know, the hounds came to the door. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's like, this guy never should have been a head coach. It's the worst decision ever, like all this stuff. And, yeah, take a step back and and realize what these you know previous three years were about and why this is the team they have and, for that matter, why Todd Bowles is coaching it. I mean, like, I, I don't believe – I know the Glazers expected them to be competitive in a weak NFC South. That's kind of, you know – Well, technically was, they are. They're game and out. They, and they're still in it even at four and seven. But, like, you know – it was never going to be an easy needle to thread, and and they're well aware of how they've hamstrung the product, but they've done it for a reason. Because again, it's a business; it's not, you know, the business is winning, but you've also paid a lot of money for those that that Super Bowl trophy in there, and Tom Brady. I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting column, and you know, I think John lays it out well. But yeah. I would agree. I, I think everybody kind of got ahead of their skis a little bit and thought that just because, you know, the South was bad and got up to good stars, like, yeah, this could work. Yeah. And then when they don't play well or more or less play up to their capabilities, what they were originally, now everyone's now everyone's mad. You know, <laughs> no one can understand how you could be this bad. And the fact of the matter is, is that we've, we've watched it. You know, we kind of seen um, even, you know, before the season began, that this was not going to be – how many times did I say this was going to be a tough needle to thread? Like this, this is going to be a really difficult thing for Jason Light and, you know, Todd Bowles and everybody else. And, in fact, here we are. So they don't have much margin for error. But good column by John Romano. Again, check it out, Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. Boy, a lot of you folks uh, have questions about the Bucks. And that's understandable. We're going to get to all of those in just a second and and some other stuff. But first, uh, I wanted to remind you guys that for the past 14 years, the skilled pros of May Electric Solar, they've been installing solar energy systems now in Florida. They provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best insulation methods and service while helping homeowners cut energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment. May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors, and they've always offered the safest and most reliable equipment. Well, now May Electric Solar offers a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means your roof, your electrical and equipment replacement is covered. Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar. It's owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees. This policy will transfer to new homeowners with no fee. This is not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of this program. May Electric Solar's reputation and history of workmanship has earned this membership. To learn more 
about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. One more note on that, too. And I want to give mm-hmm. a shout-out to uh, Chris Belts and his family in Palm Harbor. There you go. Very loyal right, vo- loyal listener of Sports Day Tampa Bay. Contacted Beautiful. Billy May at, at May Electric Solar. His, awesome. his system is going in this month. Yeah, it is. Getting a 30% tax credit. There you go. My man. So he's going to be saving yeah. over $300 a month on his electric bill. Jeez, that's phenomenal. I wish I could say I, I'm going to have to get Billy May to do my house. I'm telling you, that's on my wish list. I got some other stuff going on, like I'm marsiding the pool and all this stuff. But, hey, that's a great test- testimony. And, uh, first of all, glad you listened to the podcast. And, yeah, I mean, hit, hit, hit Billy May and these guys up. They're the best. And they're killing it right now. They're, they're doing so many uh, homes and businesses and things with their, with their, uh, their products. So, yeah, we're, we're grateful for you, again, for listening and then also uh, for supporting our sponsor, which does support our podcast as well. So Get, the, get that 30% tax credit. Get that 30-year warranty on your roof. Dang right, man. And these days, you know, um, the money you can save, you know, in the power costs and stuff because it's going through, through the roof literally – uh, it's, it's just a great idea and they guarantee they're working all of that. So yeah, that's a great one. That's a great testimony. Um, should give more of those shout outs actually to some of our fans and whatnot. Uh, so many listeners that, uh, uh, that contact us and say they love the the podcast. We really do. We see those, we value those. We really appreciate it. I try to like them, you know, on uh, mm-hmm. Twitter all the time, stuff like yeah. that. So and tell a friend great, too. Great leave, to leave a five-star review in the podcast app and Heck tell friends. Yeah. And- yeah. I'll take that five-star review. Yeah. Absolutely. That's no, phenomenal. We'll try to build this thing as, as we go along. All right, so so some of y'all that are listening do have questions, and uh, we'll try to address those. All answers are 100% guaranteed or your money back. Let's get started. All right, Kyle sent this on Sunday. It says, after today's loss, my prediction is the Bucks will miss the playoffs. Baker will not be brought back. Coaching staff will be let go. How far off am I? I know the division is weak, but it is the same mistakes week after week with minimal signs of improvement. Well, I, I mean, I it's a good prediction. Uh, I, I think the first prediction leads to the other two, which is, um, you know, if they miss the playoffs, okay, start there. Uh, that means that, you know, they finish behind the Saints or Atlanta or somebody. Uh, I think those teams are probably going to win eight or nine games. I'm not sure which. Maybe as many as ten. I don't know. Um, so missing the playoffs, yeah, that's that's not going to help Todd Bowles. If there's no Todd Bowles, I'm not sure there's a Baker Mayfield after this year. I mean, I don't know that he's played his way, you know, out of it. I don't know that it's fair, so to speak. But if you change head coaches, there's a very good likelihood that you may change the quarterback uh, and or bring somebody in and draft somebody. So. You know, none of those predictions on them in and of themselves is is that surprising or hard to do. Uh, it doesn't mean that I agree with what that that's what's going to happen because I still say that if if they're able and it would the opposite would be a disaster. But if they're able to, you know, to beat a bad Carolina team, um, you know, you're back into thinking you have a puncher's chance depending on what happens with those other games on Sunday in the division. So uh, it is not over. They got to play better. That's that's the thing that I don't, you know, think they have much hope in terms of trying to turn this around the way they've been playing. Um, but yeah, if they miss the playoffs, 
I think Baker's in jeopardy. I think the head coach is in jeopardy. Um, there's going to be a lot of changes because that's unacceptable, I think, at this point to the Glazers. That's just the vibe I pick up again. I'm not mm-hmm. quoting anybody. It's not Stroud says. It, it, I'm just telling you how I feel, um, having been around this this family uh, and, and what this organization means to them and sort of you know watching them work through the years. So um, it's going to be something to watch, that's for sure. But and uh, Just think about this this week, too. So if the Bucks can beat the Panthers, which yep. you know on paper you think they should, they're favored. Yeah, yeah, they're favored. They have a better roster, better team at home. Mm-hmm. At home, the Lions are at the Saints. Mm-hmm. The Saints can easily lose that game. Absolutely, they could. The Falcons are on the road at the Jets. So even probably if, will even, win. even if they win that game, mm-hmm. if you pull into a tie with New Orleans at that point for second. Yep. The next week you're playing the Falcons. You got Atlanta. Yeah. So you could be you, you could you could see this team in a first place tie in two weeks. This week or in two weeks. Yeah. If they take if they can take care of business. That's it. And that's been the key. Can you take care of business? Mm-hmm. And that that's what hasn't happened. They've only won, you know, one time in their last seven games, but um it's still in front of them. It's still part of their own mm-hmm. their own destiny. So um those are all things, you know, that I know they're focused on and and not giving up and all that, um, but it's got to happen, right? You can't just keep talking about it and say, "Well, you know, yeah, th- this one we really need," or you know, we oh, it's a must win now. Like you're running out of time, you know, you're running out of victories, and and you have to beat these division opponents. It just doesn't work. It now we can speculate th- on this at another time, and I'm likely to write about it. Well, what happens if they lose to Carolina? And when I say what, I mean like what, like you know. Everything is on the table then. Um, I don't think the Glazers fire coaches during the season, but I'm just here to tell you uh, this could be a brutal Monday if uh, they're un- unable to beat uh, Carolina, which has just fired their head coach. And, you know, I think Tepper, their owner, has had eight coaches or something like that um, in a very short time that he's owned them. So Yeah, between that, that and the soccer team because he owns the Yeah, uh, and FC the soccer Charlotte. team has fired two of those. Yep. So, I mean, you know, firing is what he does. But – you know, this this could be a – I've seen – you've seen the bounce when they fire coaches. It doesn't make any sense. It's not like the interim is better necessarily, but there's sort of a – I think an it's an eye-opening experience and players react to it differently. But for the most part, they realize, you know, it's just sort of a reminder of their own – and it, you know, their own mortality, you know, uh, in the business. So, um, yeah. All right, Alejandro tweeted. He says, if the writing is on the wall by the end of the season and Todd Bowles is let go, do you see them going with an offensive-minded coach, given how the league is going, or a defensive-minded coach? Uh, we talked about this, and I'll say it again. For those of you who haven't heard, I, I if you just look at the history of the Glazers, and for that matter, a lot of teams, it seems as if, because it's true, that, that teams get something they didn't just have. Um, and you can go through the years and look at that. You know, of course, Tony Dungy's did such a great job of sort of turning the franchise around after 12 double-digit losing seasons. He gets to the playoffs four out of six years. He gets them to an NFC Championship game, and he can't get them over the hump, and the reason has is that they couldn't score enough points. You know, they, they were always coming up short in the scoreboard. Uh, they didn't score a touchdown for two seasons in the playoffs at Philadelphia. So, you know, that that was the issue back in 2001 uh, season, and so you know the Glazers are like, you know, we love them, but you can only you can't take us 
to the promised land. You're going to take us too far. And they made the trade for John Gruden. Um, and John Gruden is as far opposite, you know, as of Tony Dungy as you could be. They're both really good coaches, but they had an offensive mind to hold the offense accountable to create more points so that the defense wasn't doing everything. And from that standpoint, like guys on defense thought, okay, now they're now they're held to the same standard. This is great. This is what we need. Um, and of course, they go on and they win the Super Bowl. But yeah, you get what you don't have. If you had an older coach who's kind of been around, he's an establishment guy. You're probably going to get a young coordinator. You know, if you had a defensive coach, you're probably going to go offense. And a lot of these guys do in the draft because, quite frankly, the most biggest value on players is a quarterback. So if you're going to get a quarterback because he didn't play well, uh, you're going to marry him up to some coach and maybe not the head coach, but who's the offensive coordinator? You know, like, is there somebody that has a relationship? Like there's so many questions to answer with that. Um, but I think, yes, you definitely get, it's just human nature. What you didn't just have. All right. Matt tweeted says a lot of focus has been on whether Todd Bowles will be fired. Could you see the Bucks' ownership going deeper than that and perhaps letting go of Jason Light? Well, he should get credit for building the Super Bowl team. Since 2014, he's only had three years with winning records. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he didn't make the playoffs for six years until Tom Brady showed up. So, you know, they had an opportunity if they were dissatisfied to do something then, and they do it. Now he has a big old Lombardi trophy. Um, it wasn't that many weeks or years ago. So I think this... Um, Anything is possible with the Glazers. I would never say, you know, that some guy is, you know, beyond being fired because I don't believe that. Um, that doesn't mean I think that Jason Light's done a bad job. That's just the way they roll if you're the Glazers. Um, but, yeah, they're going to get an offensive coach because if they don't make the playoffs, chances are they're in range of some quarterback or they have to get a new free agent. I don't think that if Todd leaves that Baker Mayfield is necessarily back so in that instance, you want a, a, an offensive mind to sort of grow with your young quarterback. You want to coach, coach quarterback league. You want to marry those two guys up. You want that coach's input on who you should draft, all of that stuff. So uh, I don't see necessarily, unless it's maybe a Bill Belichick or something, that you know the Bucks wouldn't go offense, which is where most teams are in the league right now. And you know certainly a lot of the ones that are winning and I think the Glazers would be no different. They they vacillate back and forth. They get what they don't have. Um, they did it when they hired Raheem Morris after John Gruden. They did it when they thought Morris's teams weren't disciplined and they hired Greg Schiano. Uh, when they thought Greg Schiano was out of control, um, you know they were able to hire Lovey Smith to kind of calm things down. But then Lovey didn't work out. And he's a defensive guy, you know, and they wanted continuity, so they went with Dirk Cutter. Like. You know, you just go right through, and it's opposites. Every other coach is a different, totally different side of the ball very often and, and a different personality. I absolutely believe they'll be looking at an offensive coach to take over if Todd Bowles were to be let go. Harlan tweeted, he says, Our secondary is notoriously bad at catching the ball, especially our two megabuck corners. Can they maybe get some work on the jugs machine until their hands improve or until their hands hurt to improve their skills? Well, I don't want them to hurt too bad, but yeah, absolutely they can, and that's what they should be doing. Now, am I out there after practice? No, they let us watch the first 20 minutes, which amounts to stretching in some special teams, but um, 
they better be out there trying to catch the ball because you know what? They're dropping them in the games. Uh, that even includes Antoine Winfield Jr., who's been pretty steady. You know, he dropped a big interception that could have made a huge difference in that game. So I don't know. You know, I have to watch it practice and see if, if you know, individually each of those guys are doing extra work. That's what you have to do. Now, I will say this, too. Like, the really great corners do catch the ball. Um, otherwise, you know, what's the point? But a lot of defensive backs are receivers that didn't have great hands, you know, and had the ability to play at the next level, and they got moved by the time they were seniors. Uh, you know, it, it they just had to change positions or whatever, and you end up with defensive backs. So, listen, um, they they need to work on catching the ball any way they can. I know they're on the jugs gun. I can't be a defensive back in a highly paid one if I can't intercept passes. And this this team does not do that. Um, whether you're talking about Carlton Davis has eight. He just had his first one of the season the other day. Uh, the most he had in the season was four. So, you know, I expect more from guys that are getting the kind of salaries they are. But, yeah, you know, even when Antoine Winfield Jr. dropping that, that pass was, was costly. They had a, the ball at the plus 30. So they whatever it is they have to do, meditation, I don't care what it is, they have to start catching balls thrown to them because they haven't done it pretty much all year. They don't have that ball hawk uh, in, the, in the back end. You know, Mike Edwards was a ball hawk, right? Um, Jordan Whitehead wasn't so, so much per se. Um, but, you know, Winfield has had spurts of it. Um, not really been a guy that's going to put up huge interception numbers. But they need to start. And you need to start doing it. And the only way you can is get in position. And then when the ball's thrown your way, you have to make plays in this league. It's all about who can make catches, who can make interceptions, who can make plays. And I just think that those guys have underachieved in that area. And for whatever reason, they need to correct that. They need to be you know, closer to receivers, making plays. But more than that, when the ball's thrown to them, by God, they have to catch it. And that, those are game-changing season changing plays you know you can look at the, the sort of the analytics and what your you know percentage of winning is when you don't win the turnover margin etc turnovers are one of the biggest tells there is as to who's going to win the game or not um and so they got to do a better job uh, i i don't know what else to say except that you know they're they're bad at catching the ball and they got to get better at it Grayson tweeted, says, I saw a tweet from a Bucks fan, and it said that if we lose to Carolina on Sunday, they should sit Tristan Wirfs for the rest of the season to prevent more injury and let him heal. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, it sounds good. It's not going to happen. They won't be eliminated even if they lose, depending on what happens around them. Unfortunately, I don't think that this is a winner, win or, or go home game yet. Um, and I And I would say this about Tristan is that, you know, there are guys that are just sort of warriors, and the offensive line in particular is like that. you got to really be hurt to get those guys off the field. Tristan wants to be great. He is great, and he's worked really hard at being a good left tackle, even a great left tackle. He gave up you know, his, one of his first sacks the other night, and unfortunately it was a sack, sack fumble. Um, I know he took that personally. He wants to get back on the field. Um, and that's the bigger point is that the better the player – they're not going to stand for sitting. They're not going to be that guy that says, hey, season's over, man. Let's, I don't want to get out there and get hurt. That's such a loser mentality and not what you're getting paid for that 
I, I don't think many players, even even if they think it, they could voice it. So um, he's going to want to be with his teammates. He's going to want to fight to the end, and and that's what great players do. And I think Tristan is a great leader and a great player. So I would not sit him. Um, I you know because his job is to be the left tackle of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and as long as he can do his job, they're paying him to do it. So he should try to do it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Craig tweeted us. He says, what happens first, second, and third on this list in your opinion? One, Todd Bowles is canned by the Bucks. Two, Tyler Glass now traded from the Rays. And three, Florida fires A.D. Scott Strickland because we know he will not be allowed to hire a third coach. Well, for Strickland to get fired, you got to go through a whole football season. So I would say that would be last. That's going to come around in a while. I think the next thing that happened is that Tyler Glass now gets traded by the Rays. There's been uh, talks that the Cubs and Reds are interested in talking. Sonny so Gray just... signed with the Cardinals. I know I those were a target of some of those teams, so. Well, we just spoke it into existence. Then it's gonna it's gonna be Glassnell traded by the Rays, and then if if Todd Bowles is fired, would come sometime after that. Um, Florida and Strickland. Uh, I think it's gonna take some time for that to figure all that out. Yeah, I mean Glassnell is a tough deal. Like you know, they. I think you said Steve that you read or uh believe that the the Rays need a a frontline starting pitcher to replace him. They're yeah, apparently the Rays are according to some of the media reports I saw asking for major league ready pitchers in return for Glass now. Yeah. So I mean, it's not that, they're not looking for draft picks or, you know, single A pitchers. Yeah. You know, they want some pitchers that can help. And and knowing that you don't have Shane McClanahan this year. Mhm. Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen are, you know, mid-season at best. Yeah, back that you know they're going to need some arms, particularly early yeah. in the season. So yeah. So and he's but Glassnell's due twenty five million this year, and then he'll be a free agent after this year. Yeah, and he's had such a, a history of injuries, and even though he's a likable guy, twenty five million's a lot. Um, and the Rays still believe they have a good chance of contending, as they always do. So getting back players that they can help them right now mm-hmm. uh, would be huge, especially as you mentioned, a guy in the rotation that. They could plug in for glass. So, um, yeah, I think I think he's first. Uh, I just don't know enough about Strickland. Bulls would probably be somewhere second or third, um, just depending on you know how many games they able to lose or win. You know, we have to see what the record becomes. But well, speaking uh, of Strickland, Michael tweeted: Do the Florida Gators bring back Billy Napier? Yeah, they do. They do for one more year, and and it looks like on paper anyway. And we'll see what ultimately happens. That probably some guys are going to be transferring or uh, maybe changing their commitments. But it, it looks like he could have a good draft class. Um, look, I there's a lot of things about Napier I don't like, um, and it's not just win loss. You know, he he kind of 
branded himself as a detail guy and his team is anything but disciplined. You know, too many men on the field, like just, you know, just penalties galore. Um, so that's tough. And, you know, there's a lot of competition, man. I mean, Florida State got good at the wrong time for Billy Napier. And, you know, Miami's a defense. So you're back into this recruiting wars thing that you just need players, man. Um, and I don't know that he'll get enough of them in one year to turn it completely around. Um, maybe he will, but I think he's going to get this season, one more season for sure. And then if he can't do it, I think they'll they'll move on. But uh, he's got his shot. Look, Mike Norvell didn't win right away, and he had other obstacles with COVID and stuff. And how's he doing now? Last time I checked, other than not having his quarterback, he's you know likely going to be in the national semifinals. So it can turn quickly, but it's got to turn quickly. I think he gets next season, and then nothing is promised beyond that. Steve tweeted, why would Byron Brown not enter the transfer portal? Surely he could get paid more elsewhere. It's a great question. I keep waiting for that to happen, and I guess maybe that window has passed, but he seems like a little – First of all, he's in a bowl game, so he's not going to – yeah, he's not going to just leave his team and you yeah. Know. You you wouldn't anything that would happen in that regard would come out would be later. Yeah, yeah. the guys you're seeing now announcing they're in the transfer board, their season they are got over. nothing to play for. Yeah, yeah, I mean you know you have you know Florida Gators or you know what name the team that's not not making a bowl game. Those are the players that are announcing. That's right. The transfer that's portal intentions now. If you're in a bowl game, you're not announcing that now. That's true. So there's there's a timeline of it. Um, I think it's gonna be hard to keep them. I mean, look he. He went out and, and in some games was dominant in the, in this in this conference. Um, the quarterback position being what it is, man, everybody's moving in, moving out, or moving up. You know. Well, I, I think I think there's several things at play. I do I think that other teams could offer more nil money. The Washington State quarterback apparently has seven offer seven or eight offers of a, of a million dollars or more to transfer. Jeez. Um, and he now he was fourth in the NCAA in passing yards this year, um, but th- there's two things at play. There's the money part, and, and that's a huge part of this. But the other part is is Byron Brown is only second year quarterback, redshirt freshman, and he's at he's got a coach. If he believes that Alex Golish is a great quarterback coach that can get him, make him better to get to the NFL. Then you consider staying. I mean, I mean, Hendon Hooker. Look at what he worked with him as an offensive coordinator in, in Tennessee. Ended up being what it was a first round draft pick. That's right. Um, if if Byram thinks that Alex Golish has helped him a lot this year to improve to become ready for the NFL in his future, you know, I, I think the money's part of it. But I think more importantly, it's I need to be with a coach that's going to help me achieve my end goals. That's that's fair, yeah. And, and so I don't, you know, I, it's easy to sit there and say, "Oh, he's going to leave because he'll get more money elsewhere," and that may happen. It might, right. but if Byron Brown believes he's good enough for the NFL, then he needs to be with a coach that's going to help him get there to make the bigger mm-hmm. money down the road, which is ultimately what you want. I agree, you know? and that, I think that's why Alabama mm-hmm. does so well in recruiting because they know Nick Saban is going to mm-hmm. what. Going to get them ready for the next level. They're going to get drafted, yep. mm-hmm. you know, and they'll sit there and wait their freshman year behind. Sure, they will. And sophomore years, to absolutely. Get their um, yep. You know, so I don't think it's as clear cut as just you're going to get more money elsewhere. I mean, some guys are driven by that, and and, and whether it's just pure, hey, I'm just going to get mine now, or 
the needs of their family, et cetera. And, and I can't mm-hmm. fault anybody for that. Never no. will. But no. I don't know if it's – and I don't know Byram, and, and so – I, I'm, you know, I'm just speculating here, but I, I think there's a lot that goes into your decision to transfer. He's also only two years into college now. He's mm-hmm. only used up one year of eligibility. Right. He could wait another year and transfer at that point too. He could. Like, you know, you don't have to be in a rush to, tra- you know, the NCAA is starting to give less second time, third time transfers the ability to play immediately. They're trying to crack down on that. Now, grad transfers are different once you graduate, yeah. but. You know, just so, saw that with Max Johnson leaving A and M. So you know, does Byron is is Byron Brown leaving USF a sure thing? I I don't think so at all. I I think it's, you know, I, I think he, you know he'll probably sit down with Golish. He'll evaluate, you know, where he's at, what you know, and and where his career's going. I mean, they, you know, they all do exit interviews at the end of the year, and and, and I think you know Byron's going to look at the situation and, and figure out what's best for him. And and, yeah. I, and and I don't know if money is the, you know, the biggest driver of it. Sure, it helps, and it's you know, it's not to say if there's another great coach that puts quarterbacks in the NFL that calls him up and wants them that he might consider. But I also think that Alex Golish has done a remarkable job this season with USF. I think Byron Brown has been outstanding, and I think he's getting better. Mm. And we saw what Alex Golish's offense coordinator did with Hendon Hooker and. You know that that maybe this is the best spot for him, and we'll you know we'll find out. I mean, and, you know, until they play, depends their on what he values. I mean, mm-hmm. if he values money and 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 spotlight, he can play for a lot bigger schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and a lot of guys have a lot of guys have made that move for that very reason. Yep. Um, but if he wants to be the reason USF comes back and is relevant again, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some guys get off on that too. You know, like. Hey man, I I you know, I stuck it out. I brought this program back to national prominence. Like there's there's an, a reward there. Again, it's maybe not financial, which they got to raise more NIL money at USF. We all know that, or they're going to lose more and more players. But really, it's what does he want? Does does he think that his you know career in the NFL will be enhanced by going to a bigger program? You know, probably. Um, how much so? I don't know. I mean, scouts tend to find guys everywhere. You know, where mm-hmm. Josh Allen go to school? You know, and I know it's a little different now because guys can move around and, you know, they get paid millions of dollars, some of them, to, to quarterback in college. Um, and that's certainly enticing. But kind of the, the few interviews I've seen with the kid, he seems really grounded. He seems like, you know, kind of an independent thing. Like, well, you know, he might, he just might be that one guy that goes, no, you know, I'm happy here. You know, football's good. Um, I want to win more games. I want to put, put us back on the map. I mean, maybe he's driven that way. That That's what you got to hope for because I don't know what else Alex is, is selling him except that we got a whole bunch of good players coming in here and you're going to want to see this team because if you could win those, that many games with what we had, just wait till I have another recruiting class. I mean, that might be part of it. But that coach quarterback relationship, is going to be so key in this instance, I think, um, if it's not for the financial gain that uh, he may receive. So, uh, and he also seems like a different cat. He seems like an independent thinker at times, which I kind of like, which I think bodes well for USF. We'll see. I mean, the the, the smart money is probably on him getting out of there, you know, with the kind of, kind of year that he had. Well, we can ask Matt Baker those questions tomorrow. Beautiful. 
Great segue. <laughs> I learned that in radio. Uh, yeah, Matt Baker going to join us, talk about not just the quarterback situation at USF, but also what's going on in the college football playoffs. How about the quarterback situation at Florida State and how much that might impact their chances to be one of the top four teams? So much speculation about you know what the voters will do, how they'll look at that situation. Uh, coming up, and you well, know, Florida State, you know, is number four in the poll that just came out on Tuesday night. This is a great sign for them, I think. It is, but now Alabama beats Georgia, all bets are off. Well, yeah. although uh, maybe Alabama moves up and Georgia falls behind Florida State, they might. I, I they think, absolutely might. I, I think the bigger one is what if Texas blows out Oklahoma State? Mm. Mm. And, and now, granted, Texas is sitting in seventh. Now they're behind Ohio State. Yeah, they got to leapfrog a few teams, yeah. But if, they, if they're if they a conference champion, and mm-hmm. let's say they blow out Oklahoma State. And look good doing it, yeah. You know, would that be enough for the committee? I mean, I still think if Florida State wins out, they deserve it. I think they're in. That's what I think, yeah. too. But I could see, you know, the the bigger question is, I, I could see the committee leaving Texas out. Yeah. If Bama course. beats Georgia, would they leave an SEC team out? Tough. Would they leave an SEC team out? I can't imagine they would. I don't know. That would be tough. That would be tough. But I'm with you. I think if they win, they're in. That's that's yeah. But I also think the committee shows that Ohio State still has a shot to make the playoff. They're sitting ahead of Texas and Bama. That's weird to me. But that was a great game. I mean, Michigan. That game could have gone. It went down to the wire. Yeah. Could have gone either way. Yep. Um, and you can't tell me that Michigan, if Michigan's one of the top teams or maybe the top team in the country, you can't tell me Ohio State's not right there with them because mm-hmm. that's how they played it. No, oh, I mean, they're in the mix there. But, yeah. you know, the thought was would Texas or Bama be ahead of them? They're not. Yeah, I don't think so. Now, Texas and Bama get a chance to play this week. Ohio State does not. That's true. Yeah. But that's true. much like last year, Ohio State was on the outside looking in. Then UC, USC went and lost to Utah in the Pac 12 championship. And that's what it's going to be a wild weekend, man. It's going to be a wild weekend and enjoy it because after this year, a lot of these teams we're talking about will be in anyway, right? They'll be mm-hmm. one of the top 12 and it won't matter. Yeah. And that's going to be the sadness of, you know, what we watched in some of the bowl games and just how important they were. You know, you're just not going to have that sense of urgency when you get to a loss won't, uh, won't hurt you. No, not if you're no, not if you're a solid, you know, mm-hmm. top twelve team, and um, so the bowl games, you know, will be played, but maybe not to the same yeah. level that they they normally are because you've still got the postseason to worry yeah. about. So I can't wait to see the uh, Washington Oregon game Friday night. Oh, I'm so stoked! That was a great yeah. game the first time. It was, and Michael Penix Jr. outplayed Oregon, and and of course, you mm-hmm. know, their quarterback, who's I guess. Now, is he leading? Uh, I think Las Vegas has him as the. It's either he or J- Jaden Daniels or uh, from uh, LSU. Yeah, uh, but, but it, I think but it's going to be hard not, for Daniels. Daniels doesn't get a chance to play this weekend, so if Bo right. Nix goes out and shows out against Washington, I think it's his right. to, to lose. Yeah, I think I think that Bo Nix could take it this weekend. I really mm-hmm. do. I, mean, I think if he plays better than than Penix um, and is a big factor in them winning, I really think that uh, that. He's the Heisman favorite, but um, we'll see. I've been such a big fan of Pen- like Penix and the, and, the, and and the Huskies have survived so many close close battles mm-hmm. and close encounters that you know for a for a guy from Tampa, 
um, you know, he go down as the most accomplished, you know, probably NFL player uh, in Tampa or one of them for sure. Uh, you just like to see him finish it. You just don't want to see him get hurt. You'd like to see him, you know, uh, take it and, and, and then see where he can run with it after that. But yeah, what a great game. It was a great, the first game was phenomenal. I can't imagine how much, you know, Oregon's better, uh, how much better this one will be too. It's going to be fun. So we got a lot to talk about the Bucks back at practice. I think it'll be, it, it, from what I understand, it's kind of a walkthrough practice because there's too many injuries, including Baker Mayfield. We'll get an update on him and some of the other players uh, and get you ready as the week goes on. But yeah, talk to Matt Baker uh, about college football, about all the implications in terms of win, loss, who's in, who's out, um, you know, the quarterback situations on these teams. And there's just so much to talk about in college football. It'll be fun to catch up with him as we do each and every week. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 